2: We are recording on all five of your devices that have Skype brought up.
3: I don't know. So. No, I deleted it off my phone so it would quit ringing when you called me. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. uh, there's nothing worse than when technology does not cooperate. I mean, Well, I, you know, it charges you to too much. I
3: don't like the way it loads on everything, so I've got it on my laptop, my desktop, and my phone. And instead of it being on the one that I'm, you know, I'm trying to use my laptop when you're calling me, and it's ringing on all these other devices, and I can't answer on on the one because it's telling me anyway. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Put me in a bad mood.
2: I, it puts you in a bad mood, but it shouldn't because there's worse. There's worse things. Like, and you brought it up. Like, um, Justin Bieber, like, uh, like it's every t- why is every time we see, see somebody famous going through something that just us regular Joes could go through? It's kind of shocking. Is it because well, it makes would, news or you just think that they should have better? I would say, hold luck. on a second. I'm going to Google that up while you were sitting here.
3: Um, I would say you would continue to do your job if you had.
2: Ramsey Hunt syndrome. That's
3: what it said. I'm going to look it up
2: right here while I'm looking at it. I'm trying. I need to open another window or two. It says he's having trouble uh, eating. Are you reading it? I'm. I'm looking at it. People magazine article. Um, been getting progressively harder to eat, which has been extremely frustrating. Please pray for me. Now, I am not going to make light of this, but I guess it's a virus. Yeah, I mean, obviously, though,
3: chicken pox and shingles.
2: Wow, wow. Hold on a second. Well, obviously, obviously, if it would made it harder for me to eat, I would probably be okay for a little while. But uh, I mean, he's a good looking dude. He can't smile or blink or whatever with one side of his face. That could be a problem. You know.
3: You know, I don't know how much money you think he's got.
2: Oh, he's he should legitimately be worth twenty million dollars. Easy. If he took care of his money. Easy. He probably does not do a show. I mean, he just looks like he canceled three shows. Okay, probably, so do you wanna know what the does,
3: what the what the thing says here? What that he's
2: worth? Yeah. Well, okay. What's it say he's worth? And then we can he could probably half that.
3: Easy. Okay, so let's just go ten percent of this. Okay, it says he's worth two hundred ninety-five million dollars. He possibly could be. I mean, so just, let's just it, say he's got twenty-nine million. Okay, right? mm-hmm. if you had twenty-nine
2: million dollars, mm-hmm. you We'd could have, fight through our, You the, could fight through it. Yeah, the level of our podcast uh, would. Would probably be a little bit better, the production. <laughs> I'm not.
3: <laughs> I don't know if I would do a podcast if I had 29 million bucks. What else would we do? Well, first of all, you'd get paranoid. You'd be worried about somebody coming and taking your money. That's what I always heard. The more money you have, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. So then you got to worry about what you say or what you do because somebody might come along and
2: take it all, right? I guess. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I'm ever gonna have to worry about that. <laughs> I don't have any to take. And I don't think I would say anything anybody could take could, could find a reason to take it. Do what? I, like, I don't know that I could say anything that uh, anybody could find a reason to take. I mean, I've already been divorced once, so I mean You don't have anything left. I don't, I mean, <laughs> I have half you don't have anything I, left. I, I, Half of what I had to start with, and it was nothing. Well, there you go. Isn't that a Billy Preston? Isn't that like a great the Billy Preston song? Something from or Something from Nothing is Nothing.
3: Yeah. That's right. Because Jerry Reed said she got the gold mine, you got the shaft. So
2: Amen, brother. Amen. Must have been (laughs) he's dead now, ain't he? Oh yeah. So for all of our listeners, if you if you do not know Billy Preston, the fifth Beatle go go check out his career. was he really he, the fifth Beatle? yeah yeah he um, well he was the fifth Beatle on that okay. last that doc, that documentary that uh, is on oh you know I forget when they recorded that album basically in two weeks um, and they brought Billy Preston in and he really like uh, spurred him on a little bit creatively so they called him they call him there at the end the fifth beetle. And then, uh, if people do not know Jerry Reed, well, that's just a
3: shame. Oh, hold on a second. How is any of our viewers don't know, listeners not even know who Jerry Reed
2: is? I mean, Jerry Reed, probably even people in England know who Jerry Reed is, didn't they? I'd have to. I mean, right? eastbound and down. Um, what else did he do? What else did he do? Uh, famous? Well, I mean, Amos Moses. Do? Amos Moses, yeah. I mean,. Guitar man, right, or Guitar or what? What did he do? That's right. I mean, he did
3: a lot of stuff. I mean, he, you know, he did a whole. You know, what I'm reading? I'm reading here in the archives where he did. He went. I'm. I'm reading. A, he went to all these military bases. He said playing before military audiences is is one of the most rewarding things. As he was at Yokohama Air Base in Japan, he did a whole big thing. Okinawa, the Philippines, um, Germany. At Christmas time.
2: Well, I just want you—I just want you to know this. You said Justin Bieber's net worth was two hundred ninety-five million. Guess what they estimate Jerry Reed's net worth was fifty. Two to three. Now, doesn't that seem like a shame? <laughs> that Jerry Reed's net worth is not even one about one percent.
3: Now, is that because back in the old days they didn't make that much money, or he had? Hey, did you see the Colonel Parker movie coming out?
2: I did i did oh
3: dude did you see that i can't wait for it to come out
2: (laughs) oh listen i've heard some great colonel parker stories great colonel parker
3: so is that why these guys you know back in the old days they'd sell a sell a song for a pack of cigarettes or something i mean they were broke they didn't have the ability to obviously bieber wasn't bieber a youtube guy and then how he got discovered yeah, I believe so. YouTube so those guys already had the machine in place, plus the merch. They got their own, you know. They sold their own merchandise. They did their, you know. N- but
2: he didn't need anybody. He didn't need anybody else to become famous. Just like right. nowadays, yeah, yeah, kids
3: nowadays don't need anybody. But back no. in those days, they had all these parasites,
2: right? Well, it wasn't just that. There were so many gatekeepers that just kept you from um, doing anything. I mean, I listened to a podcast with. Uh, Jerry Stoller and, uh, what's the other guy that, oh gosh, they wrote a bunch of hits for Elvis, uh, Stoller and, hold on here, it's too bad we don't have this up on the screen, uh, Jerry Stoller, anyway, they wrote, um, maybe, I I don't, I don't want to tell something wrong here.
3: Why not? You're you're in entertainment. I know. As long as it's entertaining, it don't matter, right?
2: (laughs) Uh, Okay, Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller. Okay, they were composers. They wrote uh, "Oh Hound Dog" for Elvis. They wrote "Young Blood," "Searchin'," "Yakety Yak." Um, Let's see, what else did they do? Uh, they wrote, Love Me, Jailhouse Rock, Loving You, King Creole, Don't, whatever. Uh, those were all Elvis songs. However, the story was, is I think, when Elvis started getting into the movies. And so cut, they got these guys because they had written some hits. And I think Jailhouse Rock was part of, that was from a movie, right? All right. Jailhouse Rock. So um, they pitched Elvis... I think the story was they pitched Elvis a song on their own without going through the kernel. Now, mind you, they'd already had six, seven big hits with Elvis. And they weren't it was they weren't just like a couple rum dumps off the street.
3: They already had
2: that. Yeah, they already had a relationship to so to speak with Elvis. And they um they felt comfortable enough that they they pitched something to him on their own and the colonel found out about it and went and said, Look, don't ever do that again. Or else you'll never ever um, write another song for Elvis. And he they I think it was Jerry Stoller that was or Mike Stoller that was um, telling the story and he said we never got another song with Elvis for the for the next fifteen years or whatever that he was still recording. Because that's how much that's how big of a control freak the colonel was.
3: And this so, is what I don't understand. Is how come somebody didn't take him out?
2: Well, I don't know. How was they going to take him out? I mean, well, Elvis, back in those like, days,
3: you could get away with murder. I mean, he was wanted for murder in Europe. That's why they never did a Europe tour, right? I never heard that. The colonel. Oh, yeah. Murder. I think he was. I think he was wanted for. Uh, he was. Uh, he was because he was from the. He was Dutch, right?
2: I don't.
3: Don't know. I don't know enough. Yeah, I don't think colonel. he was a U.S. citizen at all.
2: Really okay,
3: and um, yeah, hold on. I'm looking up Colonel Tom. Barr. Why did they call him Colonel? Was he an auctioneer or something? Okay, that's he that's was that's born that's in Breda, the Netherlands, mm-hmm.
2: 1909. Wow, 1909
3: seems like mm-hmm. for a- so. Anyway, he uh,
2: boy, he just he was.
3: Oh, listen to this. He served two years in '64, he was in Hawaii. Although Parker had served honorably, he went AWOL and was charged with desertion. He was punished, solitary, and confinement. He was in emergency psychosis. He was in a mental hospital. He was discharged from the Army because of mental conditions. Finally, he was discharged.
2: <laughs> Hold on a second. I thought. Okay. Then
3: the Colonel, her biography of Colonel Parker, Alana Nash, wrote that there were Questions about a murder in Breda in which Parker may have been a suspect or at least a person of interest. This may have motivated him to avoid seeking a passport, as the Netherlands was that has has an active extradition treaty with the United States, and he may have wanted to avoid criminal arrest by the Dutch authorities in that case. Which is why Elvis not to, got never got to go on Europe tour, never got to do a whole bunch of stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. And how about this? It says, as, as Elvis's fame grew, people became interested in Parker as well for a time. He lied about his childhood, claiming he had been born in Huntington, West Virginia, to explain his Dutch accent as being a southern accent, and to have run away at an early age to join the circus run by his uncle. Well, <laughs> I, do they speak Dutch in West Virginia? I don't know. I don't know either. Oh, this is fabulous. He's he might be a he might be a better story than Elvis.
3: Oh, without a doubt. Because I mean, look how many look how many church going, piano playing, guitar singing boys made it out of there. You know what I mean? All the good guys from the fifties and sixties played at church and and mm-hmm. were decent human beings. But a Dutch murderer that. that Fled to America and joined the U.S. military. Got kicked out for being in a mental institution. And then dies a millionaire in Las Vegas after producing the number one singer for a century. Maybe of all time up until that point. I mean, I'm surprised we don't have a... I'm surprised the southern border, this 15,000 caravan, ain't Dutch kids trying to get here to live that dream.
2: (laughs) To to be the next girl
3: Tom Yes. Think about that. They oh, should be, There should be a Colonel Parker bronze there in in Harlem or or Skippel, you know. And the people that know Harlem and Skipple know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, right us uh, surrounded by tulips. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: That's right. Oh, the real the real
3: Dutch dream being Tom Parker. That's right. Well, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say that, especially in the old days, the people that really lived the American dream were people that weren't Americans. You're right. You know, I You're mean right. I listened to Steve Wynn talk on a on a podcast. I think I told you, you know, the the billionaire casino magnet mm-hmm. and his dad, uh, they came from Poland or Romania or somewhere of that 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 place, right? Yeah. And his dad now think about this. Back in those days, his dad was a, a painter. And made his bones because he could paint Coca Cola backwards because they had to paint it on the inside of restaurants and, and
2: oh, yeah, they had to okay. paint on the
3: window, right? So yeah. he went to like a, you know, they said he, he, his dad answered a little ad in the paper or whatever, help wanted, they needed a painter. And he went there and he said, Can you, uh, you know, write to Coca Cola? Remember, it was longhand, cursive, you know, and this yeah. is in the 20s, I believe and uh 20s or 30s and then he after he painted it the first time they said okay now do it backwards because we need you to do it on the inside of these businesses out you know what i mean
2: yeah i I know exactly instead of painting it on the outside of the window
3: and he spent okay. essentially the, the 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 rest of his life painting coca-cola backwards which got he got that's how he got steve went into the the uh you know the Adirondacks in the you know the casino bar entertainment business because his dad had these contacts because he was he was painting Coca-Cola on whatever needed Coca-Cola, you know, they would send him I think he actually worked for Coca-Cola, like they would send him to <laughs> to paint
2: Coca-Cola. Their, lo- their logo yeah, yeah. everywhere. Isn't that crazy when you think about it? That is. But those are the those are the best stories. You know, hear how people came and and from another country couldn't speak, had no money, and how they yes. just were so so determined to make it. And uh, you know, and then what their kids did or did not do with what they built.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you know, they what do they say? Uh,
2: kids are stupid. Oh, I'm Well,
3: concerned. I was going to say sandals to sandals in three generations. I know what they say sandals to sandals. Yeah, you mean, you know, you your your great-grandfather came here in sandals, you know, or back in those days, you know, basically sandals, or barefoot even, right? You mm-hmm. made money to put shoes on the kids' feet. You know, the first generation gets just gets a pair of shoes for school or Sunday school or something. And then the second generation gets all the shoes they want, and by the third generation they piss it all away, and they're back just bare being barefoot and broke. <laughs>
2: Uh, that, listen, that's, that is the real American story right there, right? I guess, I don't
3: know. I mean, I was just thinking of the country, dissecting the country in, in little segments. So, you know, you don't even have to go to another country
2: anymore to make your fortune. You can just go to Ohio or something, right? Or, you know, our <laughs> people. Speaking of a fortune, did you see the story about John Elway and how much money he could have made if he would had, Agreed to the Broncos owners' offer back when he retired. Did you no, see that? What was the offer? So when he when he retired, I believe he was owed. He had ten million dollars on his salary, or fifteen million that was deferred. Okay, so so what what it was is he had Broncos owner at the time offered him if he. He the money he had left deferred it was like fifteen million dollars he'd give him ten percent of the Broncos they that they just sold for five billion dollars or whatever no, yeah and, four billion uh, the ki- and then the other kicker is is for ten million dollars he w- for ten million cash I think it was he would have given him another ten percent. So for $25 million, only 10 of which I believe was actual cash out of John Elway's hands, he could have owned 20% of the Denver Broncos, which he would have made $900 million off that sale that just went through. And the kicker was that $15 million then that, he had deferred he ended up investing that in a ponzi scheme that he ended up losing half of it he only ever got half of it back so you think he's upset this week about it or well i don't know okay. that was kind of that was that was kind of the that was kind of the to uh, me that would make me madder line. than
3: five skype windows on my laptop <laughs>
2: As I get older, okay, now I don't... When did John Owe retire? How old was he? I don't know.
3: He was in 90s, right? 96, 97?
2: But, I mean, he was probably in his late 30s, early 40s, right?
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. So, I... Look, I the older I have gotten, the one thing I realize is ownership of things is... is kind of important. And I don't mean, like, ownership of, I gotta own a car. Okay? I mean, like, but I got a chance to buy some land. Okay. Yes. I'm going to yes, buy some Yes, that's land. a great,
3: yes. I okay. bought some. I bought more land the last three years, not four years, than I had my own time in my life, and I wish I'd have done it 25 years ago.
2: Yeah, and like, um, uh, Christy and I had an opportunity to buy into a racehorse, okay? No, we didn't. talk about that. Uh-huh. Well, but we bought a small percentage, okay? We're not like we didn't build a barn. We're not raising it. You know, we're not taking care of it. We owned a, we, we, had a little bit of extra money and we bought in a percentage and have done pretty well um, like uh, writing songs okay I own pieces of all those songs I own pieces of some of the movies that we've done I've got obviously some of these books some of the books that I've done you know owning little pieces of stuff that that can make passive income for you is the key like owning land, it's, you know, like even just buying a house is, is, you know, if you'd have done, you'd have bought a couple houses a couple years ago, you could have doubled your money. Okay. But, um, you know, anything like that, that doesn't require you to go out and, and, uh, work nine to five on it every day. I think that's, I think that's a, not everybody can do that, you know, but if you, I think you can, if you're smart, you know, and, and look for opportunities, you know? And uh, because here's the thing is once you do that then then people come to you and ask you hey look there's this opportunity you want to throw some you know you want to invest in that you know like so the
3: Ponzi scheme came to John Elway
2: <laughs> except that he wasn't smart enough to to do the to do the better one but I wonder why
3: he didn't want the team well I you would think I, a dude I, I, uh,
2: I mean, can you imagine
3: owning 20 no, of the Broncos? I would have thought all those guys would have wanted
2: a piece of the team. I would just, I mean, you, you standing in the middle of the stadium, you could look around and you could say, this would be a very... Uh,
3: You're at least going to break even. <laughs> at least, if you could just at say, least. okay, give me half of the concessions for the next 10 years or something. I don't know, you know what I mean?
2: Oh, gosh, I... Look, all oh, you had to do some research and see what ten years earlier the Broncos were worth. Oh, I didn't you know? think about so, that. Yeah, I mean, so ten percent. So at that point in time, basically the Broncos were only worth a hundred, hundred twenty million dollars.
3: Yeah, because I think what's his name that what what the Stein, who who owns the Yankees?
2: Steinbrenners.
3: Look at them. I don't think they paid 30 or 40 million and they had like 15 owners. He had to buy them out over time and he got to the end where the last couple owners he paid more than he paid for the whole team. Or you know, for the last 5 or 10%, he paid more than he paid for the first 90%, if that
2: makes sense. Yeah, oh yeah. Um I'm 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 going to look at so in 1973, George Steinbrenner and a group of investors bought the Yankees for Guess how much? Uh, $10 million.
3: $20 million. $8.8 million. Yeah. Because <laughs> I just remember one day I was reading something and it was like they paid Jeter twice in one year. Or, he, or A-Rod or one of them, like two or three times what they had paid for the team or something like that. It was an article. You know what I mean? Steinbrenner had, had, had
2: you know. He is like 12 members. It was 12... 12- Twelve member group bought the Yankees. You know, a guy from from our town, uh, John Kime, he had a, owned a lumber business. Was Steinbrenner's roommate at the Culver Military Academy in uh, I think that in Indiana. That's where Steinbrenner went to school. So they always had they he, they were like best for you know best buddies and he used to always go up and when the Yankees came to town and uh sit in the, in the owner's box well. and now the Yankees are worth 5 billion dollars wow so the moral of the story is always buy a professional sports, sports
3: team, team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. if, if you get the, if that opportunity knocks
2: mhm you know, unless it's unless it's roller derby, I'm not sure there's a big upside to roller. Do they derby. have teams, roller derby teams? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because the Cleveland Indians, you know, became the Cleveland Guardians, and wow. they had to buy. They had to bring me back to the something. Indians when you get done. Go ahead. They had to buy. The, there's a, I believe, a roller derby team in Cleveland called the Cleveland Guardians already. So.
3: Then why wouldn't they just come up with a different name?
2: I don't. I. You know what I always liked was um one of their original names were were the Spiders. I mean that's a great. I mean I think the Cleveland Spiders is great, or the Rockers even, because it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I like those names. Hmm. So I'm bringing you back to the Indians. Who's the who was the old Indian mascot? Wahoo? Does that
3: sound right? Chief, Chief Wahoo. Yeah. Chief Wahoo. The only reason why I know that is because. You know what? I've made it two weeks without talking about my dead brother. But my dead brother had a whole <laughs> bunch of sports stuff in his house, right? Shot yeah. glasses, And I just, just, I can't even, you know. And, of course, the St. Louis Blues, some of the stuff I knew what it was, right? Yeah. You know, he had stuff signed by, from Brett Hall, from the Blues, from 85 and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And, uh, but anyway, I'm talking to my brother. So, we let this, 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 this harem come through there and basically take what they wanted, you know. And, uh. I was talking to my brother about you know one of them, and I said, what did she even take? He goes, well, he had a bunch of Wahoo shot glasses, and and he had two or three things. And I said, do who? And he goes, oh, yeah. He said, I didn't even realize. He said, there was some Cleveland Indian stuff in there, and she just she couldn't believe he had it. And she took it all. He had Cleveland. Indian stuff? He, yeah, because I think w- when he would travel around, you know, he would he would see shit and just I don't know. He was just one of those dudes that knew a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff. Does that make sense? So yeah, but I'm, he,
2: I'm a little bit hurt
3: being I mean, an Indians
2: fan. I didn't get first shot at the at the
3: Cleveland. Well, Indians. I did. Well, you know what's funny is it, I was I, I thought the same thing. I thought, man, if I'd have known that, I would have got it for you. I think it was like it was like a uh, it was a shot glass a beer mug and something else like like at one time had came as a set back in the 80s or something you know what i mean
2: like which is per- perfect for me because i am such a big drinker
3: back. well I, you know <laughs> i tell you what i took the first thing i took he had like every glass in his thing was either a sports team or a beer something right yeah. And the two I took, the only two I took that first day, one of them was a stag beer from, from the, from, you know, like this old bar we used to go into when I was a kid called the Dave's in Taos, Missouri. It's called Dave's Pool Hall. Well, I don't even know what it's called, just Dave's. And Dave's long dead. He got ran over a tractor accident about 20 years ago, but, and it's been resold two or three times, but they always call it Dave's, but stag beer, big stag beer sign. And, and you know what stag beer is y'all have stag beer in Indiana?
2: I don't know. I'm in Ohio. Anyway, <laughs> so... just you, Wait a second. Wait a second. You got a sign that says Dave's place? No, it's it,
3: no, it's still hanging outside the place. But what I took was the Stag beer. It was a Stag beer glass, an old-fashioned heavy-bottomed beer glass, because it reminded me of when I was a kid going to that place, right? Okay. And yeah. then there was a Bengals glass... And I remember, you know, when I was a kid, when the Bengals went to the Super Bowl in what, 82, 83, something like that?
2: Yeah, 81, maybe.
3: Yeah, something like that, right? So that's the two I took. And he had a whole bunch of Kansas City Chiefs stuff and a whole bunch of uh, Kansas City Royal stuff. And, and to me, the stuff's a diamond dozen because now, you know, when I was a kid, nobody said anything about the Chiefs, but now this is Chiefs Nation. Does that make sense? Oh, so, yeah. I look at two thirds of these people like fairweather weather friends, uh, fans, you know, where were y'all in the seventies and eighties? Right. Exactly. Where were they? You know?
2: exactly. exactly.
3: So anyhow, <laughs> uh, so I took the Bingles class and, and, and as it transpired, I ended up having to take all this stuff because I had to clean this freaking house out. So I got a whole bunch of different things, but the Wahoo Indian stuff was in there. And uh, I feel bad. I should have gave it to you. Had I known that it was there, I would have, I would have made sure that you got it.
2: <laughs> Is um, I collected for a short time Duke beer stuff because my <clears throat> one daughter, who let's see, she, I haven't heard from her in five years now. Uh, almost, well, almost five years. Um, her nickname was Duke. So I collected some cool memorabilia from a uh, short-lived beer company called duke beer so there you go i've never that's, heard duke beer mm-hmm. that's it was very short-lived very short-lived but they had some really cool stuff you think
3: your daughter uh stalks you on the podcast um but the baby the daughter's mom still talks to you right
2: no 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 my old my oldest daughter she and I have a have a very good relationship. My right, two, I know it's the middle my, ones, right? It's the ex-wife daughters, right? My two middle, yeah, my two middle it's ones. The
3: ex-wife daughters, yeah. not the gir- yes. ex-girlfriend daughter. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, my, I know. My old, well, my oldest daughter is a professional, has kids of her own. Yes, and right. I think <laughs> she understands, like, uh, you know, she understands some stuff, but she doesn't want to get in. You know, she doesn't want to get in her sister's business. Uh And say, hey, look, you you guys are going to regret not talking to Dad, and uh, because she doesn't because when our movie idea
3: when we write the next Yellowstone,
2: (laughs) I know, I know, right? I know. know. Well, and you know, I just saw that uh, so my youngest was over in Northern Ireland um, as part of her. So her college bass, she plays college basketball. So her college basketball team sent three guys and three girls and they went to Northern Ireland and it appears that they went and ran clinics or helped run clinics for kids over there in Ireland about basketball, which looked pretty cool, you know, and I saw a little video of it and stuff because somebody, somebody sent it to me, but you know, those two girls have just totally, I mean, they don't even talk to my parents anymore and it's just, it's, it's a shame. I just don't even get it. Don't even get it.
3: I, I, I don't was gonna swing it. you back to something on that. Now I'm too. I'm too lost. I'm too lost, <laughs> even too to open that awesome. can of personal.
2: You know that personal well, loss is, that you went through. It is what it is. And yeah, I sit there and I listen to podcasts uh, during the day, and I and you, the ones about missing ki- people and kids going missing and stuff. And I'm like, this is what it's like, you know. So it's like I've I've come to accept. I just I don't have. I don't have those two daughters anymore for whatever reason.
3: Well, so. you know, my son just stuck his head in. It. I asked him earlier if he wanted to be on a podcast, and he said, "Yeah, maybe." You know, because I I, I dropped him off the, at the at the big bus today. I mean, he's 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 shipping, and for you know Joey Knuckles and some of these guys know what he's going through. I mean, he reports to basic training tomorrow, and mm-hmm. uh, well, you know, and I. I said, "Hey, you want to be on a podcast?" Yeah, maybe. You know, he hummed around a little bit. And I came down here. There was some turmoil between his mom, him, and his mom while I was while I was trying to um, answer one of the five Skype calls on one of the three machines. <laughs> I think that he doesn't realize the the stress that his mother's growing through right now. That he could potentially. When I say leave and never come home, he could, you know what I mean? This could be, mm-hmm. last night could have been his last night in this house. He's going to be an adult in four or five years when he comes back, right?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. If and, he's and... not already, he's going to be. And 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 it's causing his mother some strife, and he keeps telling her, just leave me alone. And it's because she's trying to get 19 years worth
2: of, of, of stuff in the next 18 hours or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I mean, I, I definitely know what you mean. It's like, um, you know, and kids don't understand, you know, and, and, and those two girls, they, uh, you know, they, their problem was, is I tr- acted like their dad, not their best buddy. And their mom wanted to be their best friend and never told them no. And so they, well, who are you going to, who are you going to go with? You know whose side you're going to take, and um, you know, and it wasn't like I was super strict or anything. So it's kind of stupid that they have wasted a lot of years because because you and I both know t- life is short. I mean, it's real short. So uh, every year, every every day counts, and you know, and they'll and when I'm dead and gone, I'm not gonna. It's not going to bother me any. They're the ones that are going to have to reconcile with the fact that, you know, they let a lot of time go by, you know, now maybe they'll come to their senses or something. Who knows? But I mean, is what it is. I can't I can't do anything about it. You know, they've made their choices. So, yeah, but but I understand like your your son's going off. Um, I just saw um, Steve Sachs's boy died. Yeah, you know, yeah,
3: Steve Sachs, yeah, what do you think yeah. about that? I told my son, don't get an osprey if you can Don't have
2: to. Yeah, that's that's some. Um, I mean, so that's some serious stuff. I mean, that guy Steve Sachs's kid didn't get in that. You know, he's thirty three years old. It wasn't like he was a kid, so he had a lot of experience. Right, I
3: think he was. Yeah, he was
2: in control of that machine, or he. You know, yeah, yeah he was one of like two he, people. Mm-hmm. wasn't like he got off and you know got into the machine and thought, well, this is going to be my last time, you know? So yeah, you never know. And, and so there's, you know, like I said, there's my daughter, her, you know, the younger one going off to Northern Ireland, you know, who knows what could happen in Northern Ireland? I mean, I don't know. You yeah, know, the troubles could start over right yeah. now. I, I don't <laughs> know. I have no idea. But that's, right. but that thought goes through my head all the time. It's like, I, you know, i i don't even she's been i i haven't heard from her in almost three years so it's it's just like what what have they even been doing you know i mean i go to her i go to her basketball games some I and she just doesn't even acknowledge that i'm there so i just don't know how i guess to it could, could be that.
3: worse I don't know how be you begging do. for money all the time like some kids right
2: well, I'd almost rather no. have that. i I shouldn't say <laughs> that. I should. But you're right. But you're right. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I know some parents. I've heard of some parents <laughs> <that> would. Yeah, <laughs> they wouldn't trade you for that. <laughs> but you know, hey, I I just always think like, you know, my dad, God love him, was not a very good dad. You know, and and I just keep thinking, if they would have had my dad, they wouldn't even have known what to do. You know. Well, they would have had a whole different. He probably, <laughs> hey, he probably kept his old
3: lady in line. So. Oh god. That's well, the you probably. I,
2: I didn't keep her in he line. He wasn't the woman whisperer that he was. <laughs> Listen, there was no, there's no keeping that woman in line. Let's just, let's, yeah. just it, let's just put it out. Let's Just put it out. You don't know. Back in them days, you know, they were a little. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah. Uh
3: uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you know. Day, there I go. I go on the way to getting canceled. Just stick with the, me, and we'll get we'll get canceled sooner or I later. Do,
2: I do have one question before we get off here. How did Dave die in a tractor accident? You know,
3: they just they just he was he was he he. I don't think it turned it turned partially over. I, for some reason, he ended up underneath one wheel or the fender and a wheel. And I don't remember if it if he if he was. If he, he did something and it ran over him, but for some reason, I think he was on an incline and he got in a ditch and it fell partially over, and I don't know if he's trying to jump off or whatever, but he ended up underneath the wheel uh, like all day. You know what I mean? Like sometime in the morning in, in, and the wife came home. She was a school teacher after school, you know, 3.30 or 4.30 or whatever, and then you know, called the youngest boy and says, I can't find your dad. And, you know, and they walked around the ranch, uh, you know, they had a couple hundred acres and, and there he was. So I don't know if, he, you know, he, he might've laid there and, and reflected on his life for a long time, or it might've been instantly. I don't remember, but he ended up underneath the tractor.
2: He was driving. Wow. No, go- there's no, I mean, farm machinery's a dangerous, dangerous thing.
3: You know, I guess you say he died doing what he loved, I guess. I mean, that's what they say, but every farmer ever knew farming complained about it all the time, but who knows? (laughs) Maybe there is some peace and solace in the end. I don't know.
1: Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. (laughs) Ha (laughs) Ha 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 ha